0: I am your host, Drew Creesman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. Almost said the old name. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And on this episode, we have a lot to discuss. Uh, as I was just telling some of the folks who've joined us here for the live chat, I won't really have time to get into that final game against the Brewers or what the Brewers did against the Nationals, or rather the Nationals did against the Brewers last night. There are a few other things I was hoping to talk about, but we've got to get right into everything that went down at the media availability yesterday. There are hot and heavy takes flying around everywhere. It will surprise very few people who are listening to this or who have listened to this in the past that my take on most of what we heard yesterday uh, was very different than a lot of what you're what you getting out there. And so um, th- there's a lot to break down here, particularly Jeff Breidich's comments about Nolan Arenado's contract. Dick Monford had some comments about where the team is at financially. There were also a lot of things that came out of this media availability that just aren't being discussed because people are so angry about the things that they're angry about. But there were some things that were said that I think are really important for Rockies fans to understand and to know moving forward and so I'm going to do my best to get into all of that as well but let's begin where we have to and it was the one comment that that raised my eyebrows when I heard it live too so I'll begin here with the parts of it that I, where I agree with the consensus let's set the table yesterday the the media availability began actually let me take one more step back the Rockies have never done this before. They agreed to do just a media availability. I had tweeted out, and I think a couple other people did, that they were having a press conference, and I was asked to correct that. And then when we arrived, I, you know, I, I sort of understood why. They weren't making some big announcement. They literally just sat and allowed us to ask them questions for about an hour. And one or two moments from this are are being very blown up and I totally understand why I'm not saying that they should be I do think some of it's being taken out of context I don't think people you know are, are being fully cognizant here of of how much was discussed and how kind of casual the conversation was and I wonder if after the way it was received whether or not the Rockies will do this again they were saying they wanted to make it kind of an annual thing where you know they just got all of us media together to allow us to ask anything and everything we wanted about the season before moving into the offseason. And I think it was a really good concept. But I do think we saw a little bit of why teams don't do this semi-regularly. And it was funny to me because about 24 hours before that, the main criticism of Jeff Breidich that I was hearing was that he never answers questions from the media. And then he came out and answered every single question that we had, and it was almost like, Jeff, stop answering questions from the media. <laughs> uh, so I get that. Um I'm a little under the weather today. Hopefully, my, my slight coughs and sniffles aren't going to throw too many people off. But here's where we get into the meat of this thing. The converse, the whole media thing began in a little bit of a contentious tone when Patrick Saunders of the Denver Post brought up Nolan Arenado's comments saying that he thought this season felt like a rebuild. And we are immediately into nuanced, iffy territory here because... Jeff Breidich's initial response to this question, while it was combative, was exactly what my thought would have been as well. What does Nolan mean by that? In my view, and and Patrick Saunders is a a friend, a colleague, and someone for whom I have a great deal of respect. But the framing of that is not fair. To say to Jeff Breidich, Nolan Arenado said something to me that he felt like this season felt like a rebuild, And that's it. And Brian just said, well, I don't know exactly what he means by that. I would need more information. Um, And Patrick Saunders said, well, the rest of the conversation was off record. Fair enough. I mean, that happens. That happens to us all. But it's not, in my estimation, fair to say somebody said something to me, and I'm not going to share all of what they said to you, but I still want your reaction to it. So this was kind of a weird framing of the conversation just to begin with. The other thing is, and, and this is the part of it that I think where I just have this major shift from where a lot of people are at right now. Nolan Arenado doesn't think like a GM. He doesn't operate like a GM. When So I wonder, when he said this feels like a rebuild, if what he meant was this season has been terrible and we're playing a lot of young guys who I don't recognize. And that was it. Not because what Jeff Briditch went on to say was 100% accurate, and, and I think it came off, again, for people that already don't like Jeff Briditch, who came into this thing ready to be mad at him anyway, when he said, if we were rebuilding, Nolan Arenado wouldn't be around to make comments like that. I get how that sounds, especially if you throw extra tone on there because you already think Jeff Briditch is an elitist snob but textually speaking, that is 100% correct. The Rockies aren't rebuilding. And what's happening here is nobody wants to take Jeff Breidich's side over Nolan Arenado's, and I totally understand that. And nobody in the media wants to come out and say that to the fans because fans don't own Jeff Breidich jerseys. They don't show up at the at Coors Field to watch Jeff Breidich play third base. And so that's the side that people are going to take. But for me... It's not about taking sides. It's about recognizing the facts of the case. And the facts of the case are that the Rockies are not rebuilding. There's nothing that they've done from a front office perspective, from a managerial perspective, that in any way, like they didn't compete this year. That's the only thing. And so when I, don't, and so I go back to what Breidich said to Saunders. What did Nolan mean by that? Does he mean this feels bad and he wants it to change? Or does he legitimately think that the team is going to try to not compete next season? And that's where the conversation should be. And that's when Monfort and Breidich and Bud Black all said the right things. We'll get into the viability of whether or not they can compete in just a moment. But the bottom line is, rebuilding teams aren't saying, we intend to compete next season and we're not going to get rid of any of our highly paid veterans. Some of those guys, because they can't get rid of them. But they're not talking about trading Nolan Arenado or Charlie Blackman or Trevor Story or John Gray. And those are moves that would constitute a rebuild. So on the facts, Jeff Breidich is just 100% correct there. But the reason I started with that and not the thing about the option in the contract, which we're getting to now, is because a lot of this has to do with the framing of the conversation, which goes back years. There seems to be this prevailing narrative that Nolan Arenado is holding the Colorado Rockies hostage to an extent that's not how people want to put it because they're on Nolan's side but before he even signed the contract he's on now this was the argument right the Rockies are going to play bad he's not going to resign he's going to leave and then they're doubly screwed this narrative has just been moved forward now with the opt-out so if you're already coming from the perspective of the opt-out and or Nolan's idea is, get better or I'm leaving, then yes, what Jeff Briditch said yesterday would be deeply, deeply upsetting. And I get why some people who've believed that for years, that Nolan's position is, get better or I'm leaving, why those people would be very upset for Jeff Breidich for then giving him a player option to do so. So for the one person listening to this who didn't hear that news... He was asked about this very thing. And here was the framing of the question again. This is why I bring it up this way. Because the question was, do you feel extra pressure based on the fact that Nolan Arenado has an opt-out after the 2021 season to build a winner before then? And again, the answer to this question, in my view, was 100% correct. You can't think of it that way. No GM or owner should think of it that way you should be trying to build your team to be a winner or a contender based on your ability to do that and not because if you don't win one player might leave right that's a that's a weird way to operate an entire organization is just to keep one guy no matter how important that one guy may be so here's the problem why I, I've never been able to get on board with this narrative going back years. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you heard the the day they signed this thing. I got a couple questions about, hey, what about that opt out? And there were some articles written by people who've been wrong about this. Let's remember this part of it too. People who have been wrong about Nolan Arenado's contract and about what Nolan Arenado wants specifically are now driving this narrative that this is a big, huge, terrible, very bad mistake. And now Nolan's going to walk after 2021, forgetting that the most important thing here is that scenario is still incredibly unlikely. A bunch of things have to line up for it to even begin to make sense for Nolan Arenado to consider walking away from a contract that's going to pay him $35 million in his mid-30s. So we've said this before, what would need to happen for Nolan to walk away? If you want to get as basic and broad with it as possible, two things. One, Nolan Arenado continues to be very, very good. He's going to have to be good enough that he can go out and get a contract at 32 years old that's not going to be $10 million less than what he was making with the Rockies. So he's going to have to be very, very good for the next two years, and The Rockies are going to have to be very, very bad for the next two years. And I can hear a lot of people going, uh, that's going to happen. That's what just happened. It's going to happen. Okay, it might. Let's stay on worst-case scenario land, right? Nolan Arenado remains awesome. The Colorado Rockies remain terrible. They lose 90 games each of the next two seasons. Well, where are you at now if you're the Rockies? you got to rebuild. Now you have to rebuild. Not not in in 2019. After the 2021 season, if you can't turn this thing around, however— they try to do this offseason. We'll get into all that in a minute. If you're bad for the next two years, Nolan Aronado remains good. First of all, people keep forgetting that they can trade him before that, if that becomes the issue, uh, the way they, they did you know, back in the day with Matt Holliday, the way they did with Troy Tulowitzki. But beyond any of that, if the Rockies can't build a winner in 2020 and 2021, it does not do them any good To go to 2022 paying one player in his now close to mid-30s $35 million. It doesn't make sense for either party. Now, I do agree with some of the criticisms of Breidich making the comment in the first place. I wonder why he even came out and said it. He, like, volunteered this information. But I've been thinking on that. Now I have to make another quick tangent. When I told everybody I would be discussing this. I think some people knew that I would to some degree, quote, be defending it. And I really struggled with this word because it is not my job to attack or defend Jeff Breitage. But this is important. It is my job to understand Jeff Breiditch. And it is my job to report to you the facts and their perspective, the the best version of their argument. And what I see a lot of is people in media, and I hate to call out my, my fellow brethren, but a lot of fans do it, but people in the media do this as well, which is when they don't agree with the argument, they never earnestly make it. And so you'll see things like this. Why did Jeff Breidich say that he was the one who put the opt-out into Nolan Arenado's contract? And then the answer to that question is because he doesn't know what he's doing. That is not an answer. Now, you you are free to reach that conclusion after all of the relevant information has been presented, but it is literally my job to try to understand why he would do this, why he would tell us that he would do this, and present the best form, not some weak form of the argument that other people can just dunk on and feel better about themselves. If we're not even actually earnestly listening to what people are saying, then our opinions about what they're saying is what the whole brain surgery thing got completely out of control. That was something he said that was purposefully misinterpreted and continues to be to this day. Now, what's going on here is a little bit different. I was about to say, let me talk about some of the places I agree with the criticisms of this. I don't think he should have said it. I Now, whether or not he should have done it, we're going to get into that in a minute. And I just gave you some reasons why I think he did, and he gave us some. But it was interesting to me that he came out and admitted it, and there were a couple of things throughout the media press availability that had me thinking, you know, this team really could use a team president. And I've seen that come up on Twitter and and in some other places, and I agree with that general statement. Because I do think a lot of what's getting lost here is in – Communication is Jeff Breidich or Dick Montfort says something, and Bud Black is better about it. I think Bud Black is better about hearing how what he is saying sounds to people who disagree with him. And I think that's where Jeff Briditch is having a bit of a struggle lately is that in his mind, what he said, and th- and this is the best I can come up with, I-, I have to be honest with you, but not for why to do the deal, but why tell us? And it is to fight that narrative, that the situation the Rockies are in is that they have to win or they will lose Nolan Arenado, And I think that's the biggest frustration he had out of all of this. And so that's why he came out and said, no, 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 no. This isn't Nolan holding us hostage because if we don't get better, he's going to say, I don't like you guys and leave. He's saying... No, we got together and we decided it might be best for everyone involved if he didn't feel like he had to stay here. And then if it happened to turn out that we can't build a winner around him, we'll probably be able to find better uses of $35 million on a team that's doing a bit of a a rebuilding. And so while (laughs) nobody right now wants to think about a future where the Rockies are both bad and lose Nolan Arenado. I'm not quite sure what the opposite desire here is. There seems to be a need for fans to say, well, even if they're bad, we'll at least still have Nolan Arenado," And that just reminds me so, so much of the Troy Tulowitzki Carlos Gonzalez years. In fact, why don't I go ahead and get into all of that on the other side of a break. I've been going just been going strong here we'll we'll get into some of the specific reasons and other contracts that have made Brightage think you know maybe we should build this thing in here a little bit on the other side of a break uh, hopefully everyone is out there drinking some nice fall time breckenridge brews the official beer of dnvr got some vanilla porters got some colorado cores around the house these days those are the perfect for this time of year but whatever you choose you know you can't go wrong. I'm gonna take a quick break, come back on the other side, and just keep going with all of this. Hey, you all know that taking care of your teeth is pretty important, so it's good that we're gonna let you know about our friends over at Green Mountain Dental who are offering a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray or exam. That's right. All you have to do is take care of your teeth for them to hand over a free Sonicare. So check them out today online Or call 303 988 0711 to schedule your appointment today.
1: What's up, guys? Ryan Koenigsberg here, and I got to tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48, it's where I watched CU is out of this world i recommend the nachos the green chili fries uh the buffalo chicken wrap you name it they've got it and the location is perfect just two blocks north of course field and they have parking so go check out the blake street Tavern.
0: so another thing that i saw going around and again this is why i do think it's important to have more complete and nuanced conversations about this because i saw a lot of people saying Jeff Breidich didn't even give a reason for why he would include that opt-out. I saw a couple of journalists suggest that, and that's plainly, flatly, I couldn't get either of those words out of my mouth, untrue. I was sitting right there when he gave his reasons. Now, again, you can disagree with them, but it is dishonest to suggest that there's no possible explanation. Look... It's professional sports, you guys. There are very few things in life for which there's absolutely zero explanation, no defending. You can't possibly, like, it's pro sports. You can believe that they're all idiots, but the fact is that they're not. They have their reasons why they do things, and you have your reasons why you disagree. And part of why I didn't have this conversation too much yesterday is because I don't want to undercut that or try to argue that that people who are upset— by what was said yesterday have no right to be you have every right to be upset if you were but you also have every right to have the full context and decide for yourself whether or not being upset makes any sense or, or, or whether or not the, the things that some people are out there saying were said weren't so what were the reasons given one of the things that you know Jeff Bright just kind of walked right up to the line he didn't say cargo and Tulo. But he did say, you know, we've had some contracts on this team in the past. Some big, long contracts. Didn't work out so well. And in writings and Twitter stuff from other folks out there, I haven't seen anyone mention this. I haven't seen a single person mention, oh yeah, I guess every time the Colorado Rockies do sign one of their own guys to a loyalty, long-term contract, it hasn't worked out. It's limited their flexibility. It's ended up hurting them because those guys have gotten hurt. Or they've ended up having big, good players on a roster, but they couldn't build around them, and so yeah. And and Let's Go comes in here with and says the narrative that I get sick of is that the players or the management or front office or whoever doesn't care about winning. And I think that's the thing that is getting at a lot of people right here is they feel like Nolan Arenado wants to win. And Jeff Breidich and Dick Monfort either don't or just don't know how. And this is the narrative that is driving the Nolan Arenado is going to leave. The same people who thought he was never going to sign the contract he's currently on are now trying to convince you that with still over 300 baseball games to play before Nolan could even possibly become a free agent, that this dude has got his mind made up that, yeah, well, you know, if we don't compete next year, I'm out of here. That's just not how Nolan thinks. That's not how the franchise thinks. And for me, the money quote on this whole conversation actually did come from Dick Monfer. And fans can, I I saw fans very upset about this, but this was 100% right in my mind. He said, of the things we're concerned about right now, Nolan Arenado potentially opting out after 2021 is like 752 on the list. And he's right They've got so many other things that they need to be concerned about. They need to be trying to deal with uh, to, to make the team better for next year. They are still trying to compete. They said that many, many times. No interest in doing a rebuild or or anything like that. And so what's interesting to me is that there are some people who seem more concerned about whether or not Nolan Arenado will stay on a bad Rockies team in 2022 than they are about what's going on right now and let me add this one last piece on this subject and then we'll get into some of the other topics of of the media availability the colorado rockies are bigger than one baseball player and the colorado rockies have always 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 had all-time position player talent on their team arguably hall of famers uh or at least hall of fame talent Players, You know, when, when it was too low there for a while, he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame, but he was a Hall of Fame talent. Walker, Helton. They've had these guys. They've always had these guys. Nolan Arenado leaving the Colorado Rockies does not stop their ability to compete. So what we have right now is a, a soup of emotions, and that's fair. No one wants to see Nolan Arenado walk, but understand that the only circumstances under which he would walk would make sense for everyone involved. It would help out the Rockies to spend $35 million elsewhere if they're already not competing and not be stuck in a situation like they were with Tulo and Cargo, where they're paying star players star money and they're performing like stars. But the rest of the team can't go anywhere. They've got two years to figure out if they can build around what they've got and bring in some of these side pieces. And I think there are going to be some very interesting moves. I'll talk in a minute here. I saw some people coming out and saying, I guess the Rockies are standing pat because they said they're not making any moves. They didn't say that at all. In fact, they said quite the opposite. They said they weren't going to make a big splash. But again, I feel like my biggest takeaway was the people that were ready to be angry about this media availability were... Um, there was a lot that was said that I, I think should be encouraging to Rockies fans, but it's difficult to do that after a season like this, which went so bad, and the wound is still fresh, and everyone's still angry, and no one will be talking about this media availability if the Rockies win 90 games next year. People won't be, well, actually, people will still be talking about Nolan Aronado's contract because that's something that people do to get free clicks. It this is a clickbaity story and always has been, and and the narrative has always been wrong about Nolan Arenado from the beginning. The only way any of this makes sense to actually be upset at Brightech and the franchise is if you come from the position that Nolan Arenado has had his eyes on leaving for a long time or has his eyes on leaving now, and. I just don't think that's the case. And the more I thought about that, it occurred to me. That's why Breidich brought it up. That's why he volunteered, potentially damaging information against himself. He was protecting his ball player from this narrative that he's holding the team hostage somehow. He said, no, 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 no. Nolan didn't even want that in there. Nolan wants to be a Colorado Rocky and was ready to sign an eight-year deal with no opt-out. And for some reason, fans are so mad that Jeff Breidich decided to, to give the ball player that opt-out. And I will say, it is weird that it wasn't a mutual option, it's just a player option, which it does give him all the power, but it also puts all the pressure on Nolan Arnato to decide, yeah, I am going to leave, probably take less money to go somewhere and play for a championship. But then the team can say, oh, well, you know, it was his decision. We're going to spend that money elsewhere and not have to feel like, oh, well, we had to trade him, do X, Y, or Z. But the fact of the matter is this. That's not the situation. Nolan isn't holding the team hostage. He hasn't had his eyes on L.A. or San Francisco or Chicago or New York for years and years, like a lot of people seem to think, like a lot of people wanted to sell you for the last couple of years, there are over 300 baseball games to play before Nolan Aronado can potentially become a free agent. And I promise you, he's not thinking about what happens after 2021 right now, here today. Nolan is thinking about how to get himself in the best possible shape to be the best possible baseball player he can be in 2020, and you reevaluate that from there. 50 games into next season. Rockies could be the best team in baseball. You have no idea what they're going to do over the offseason. So getting upset over a potentiality two years down the line, it seems a bit premature to me. But I think it's mostly it's because it's not about that. It's not. It's not about Nolan Arenado. It's not about the contract. It's not about the opt-out. And it's not even about whether or not the team will be competitive. And that's the part of it that does sort of get under my skin is that the conversation seems to be, Okay, but then they'll lose Nolan. It's like, well, whatever. The The team needs to be competitive. Whatever they do to be competitive should be the number one aspect of this. But sadly, the conversation isn't about any of those things. It's about Jeff Breidich. And I do think that he has, to some degree, brought that upon himself. But I also think that it's just a lot of people out there, many in the media, are bitter at Jeff Breidich for other comments that he's made. They're emotional about the way he has gone about his business this year and in so doing are looking past a great number of facts and very legitimate things about the competitiveness of the team, which really should be at the heart of every conversation, in order to try to paint a picture of a GM who is an out-of-touch elitist snob who doesn't do things right. Whether or not, you know, is a, what kind of GM would, would put in an opt-out, you know, for a player there. Well, it's a little bit different, and the Rockies are in a different situation. And I don't, again, I don't know that I necessarily would have done that either. But to not even fathom a way at which not paying somebody $34 million in their mid-30s could be a benefit to your team, that's when you reveal to me that it's not even about that, that it's about wanting to dunk on Jeff Breidich, because you're mad at him. And, all right. Uh, A couple people in here, Will and uh, Mile High Maniac, asking about whether or not Dave Dombrowski would be a good hire for team president. I really don't have any idea. I get the sense that Dave Dombrowski's personality would not be a good fit here. I also get the sense that, you know, he would prefer to be... uh, a a GM rather than a a team president who has to oversee somebody else who uh, gets to make those kinds of decisions. And so, I I mean, I don't know Dombrowski that well. I'm not sure I've I've got the knowledge base to say who I think would be a good team president, but I'm, I'm glad you guys brought that back up because I'll finish out this first segment on that. I really do think what we have here, if I may quote cool hand Luke, is a failure to communicate. I, think that what Jeff Breidich and Dick Monfort meant to say yesterday was all 100% not 100% right it was all mostly correct and fair and uh, reasonable I'll get into in a minute some of the money stuff and how they can build going forward We'll, we'll talk about all that after the break but some of the communication could have been a bit better some of the understanding of why you know this is what a rebuild is. We're not doing that. We're not trying to throw Nolan under the bus. But at the same time, he's not in charge of what we do. And if he does eventually opt out, that's a problem for a couple of years from now. We've got to try to think about building a winner. Before then, showing loyalty to your best player isn't the worst thing in the world. And reminding people, and this and this was the funny part, as I was saying, people just totally overlooked that, The truth is, Nolan wanted to stay for a very long time, and a lot of fans and a lot of people in the media believe that that changed because of a bad season, but it hasn't. That's the real important part of this. Don't let... The same people who tried to convince you before that Nolan Aronado had his eyes on greener pastures is doing the same thing now when he's just not. So while I wouldn't have come out and volunteered the information if I was Jeff Breida, hey, I actually put that in there, and he didn't. I finally figured out what his reason for it was, and it was that, to explain to people, no, he wants to be here. And if Nolan Aronado wants to be here then all of the rest of this just kind of, it's silly window dressing. It's stuff to get upset about after a bad year. And fair enough, fair enough. But I do think it's important that that we come on and, and take a step back and try to give the full contextual conversation of what's going on here. Because again, while I don't think any one person's reaction to exactly what was said is wrong, there was a lot that was said. It was a long conversation, and it's not just as simple as a lot of folks seem to be trying to make it out to be. And I can't help but note that it it all seems to go in the direction of let's simplify it so that we can paint Jeff Brightich out to be a fool, um, whether you think he's a fool or not. You know, you ought to be able to analyze the direction of the team separately from that. You ought to be able to analyze the roster and the budget separately from that. And that's what I've tried to do here. So even if none of that makes sense to you, even if you disagree with all of it, it is important for you to understand where they're coming from, uh, what they actually are trying to accomplish here. And... It's only fair to give them some opportunity to show rather than say. And that's part of the problem with these, you know, you want them to answer questions from us, and we want to ask them questions. But nothing that was said yesterday really changed anything in my mind about where the Rockies are, where they're going, what they need to do this offseason, and... I think they're headed in the right direction. And so why isn't that like a bigger part of the conversation? I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this one up here. Uh, I went a little bit longer even on that topic than I thought I was going to. But don't worry. This is going to be a series of podcasts. We're going to keep diving into all of this some of what Dick Monfort had to say about the money, uh, how the Rockies can build uh, despite the fact that they don't have a lot of flexibility in the financial department. A couple of thoughts on the new TV deal, though that's one of those things that tends to elude me a little bit. I'll I'll do my best and, and keep answering more and more questions. There were a lot that A lot of things that came out of this, including some thoughts on Daniel Murphy and all the analytics stuff that I asked about that very few people seem to recognize that I think is going to be a big thing moving forward for this franchise, a lot more than any of the things that people are focusing on right now because, well... Getting incrementally better at analytics isn't quite as sexy as a perceived fight between the GM and the team's star player that isn't really happening. But there it is. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap all of this up here, uh, this part of it. I'm sure I'll be talking more and more about even these particular comments on the opt-out. But those are my initial thoughts. Let's wrap this one up and, and do another here in a little bit about the budget and building and moving forward and what the Rockies can do. So thank you all for listening in. Make sure you're following us on all the social media at dnvr underscore rockies at drew chrisman at patrick d lions give us a like on facebook a little one sentence review a little five-star review always helps us out please don't leave a one-star review that doesn't help us out (laughs) but any kind of review typically is good for us if you're subscribing on whatever podcast app you happen to be using out there that's always good as well and feel free to leave comments anytime on twitter on the website. If you're subscribed to DNVR, if you haven't, please do so. Uh, You can get yourself a free t-shirt if you do. So thank you all for continuing to be absolutely awesome. I promise you that in the meantime, I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.
2: Diamond Club Baseball has produced elite athletes for 10 years now and is even trusted by your Colorado Rockies to run their scout team program. Diamond Club is based right here in Denver and their goal is to treat player development just like it's a minor league organization so that your child can be set up for the ultimate success.
1: Everyone works together to make sure that everyone's getting the proper instruction that they need to help youth athletes grow and to become great ball players yet enjoy the game. That's why I have my son playing with Diamond Club because it's it's a great way to really show them they're, they're learning baseball the right way.
2: That was Sean. As he mentioned, his son plays on a Diamond Club team. They offer multiple summer camps, private lessons, high school teams, and youth competitive teams. Plus, their prices are more affordable than their competition.
1: Diamond Club has very fair price. You know, when you kind of pay and know that all fees for the tournaments, fields, uniforms, and instruction are taken care of, as well as getting access to some of the things that other programs don't offer like entire team instruction and fitness programs you know the whole package to really make sure that a ball player ends up a well-rounded youth athlete
2: believe us when we tell you that after experiencing the knowledge positive attitude work ethic and fun that their summer camps provide your child will want to play on one of their teams check out diamondclubbaseball.net today to learn more